Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Desert Shift Podcast. It has been a while. I'm your host, Chase Beardsley, alongside fellow host Tyler Cass. It has been 20 days since we uploaded our last episode, but we're back. We're back better than ever. We have a lot to talk about, but first thing we got to talk about is, Tyler, how are you doing over there? How is the weather in New York as we count down the days until you're back in Arizona? Yeah, it's just a little over two weeks now until I'm back in Arizona. It's been it's been rough. It's it's nasty out there. It's it's hot, but it's not like a nice hot. It's humid. Um, probably not as hot as Arizona, but it's 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 been rough here. It's 110 outside right now in Arizona. We had a dust storm like two days ago, so fun stuff. But Tyler, speaking of fun stuff, we've been gone for a while. And now we have to drop the Oppenheimer bomb and get through all this signings and stuff that happened. Although, to be fair, not a lot has happened. But there were some great moves. There were some big moves and there were some questionable moves. Let us start with the Alex Debrinkat trade. That's how long it's been. Alex Debrinkat, worst kept secret ever to the Detroit Red Wings. Um, so because the Detroit Red Wings. Ottawa gets a 2024 first-round pick, a 2024 fourth-round pick, Dominic Kubalik and Donovan Sobrango. And then DeBrinkat was immediately signed to an extension four years at a $7.875 million AAV. Tyler, I mean, DeBrinkat is finally back home. Your thoughts on Alex and the trade? Well, I think it was a really good extension and trade for Detroit. But uh, all I got to say to Debrinket is you fumbled the bag so hard. Oh, my God. He could have – he had the choice to play anywhere he wanted to. And I know he wants to go home and play for Detroit. But Detroit is not in this situation right now where they're going to be, you know, a top contender. Maybe they'll make the playoffs in three or four years. But, you know, I don't think they're going to be a solid contender. And by the time that that contract – is up, you know, maybe that's the time when they start competing for Stanley Cups. So DePrinke could have easily taken that same exact contract, gone to a contender for three or four years. I mean, keep in mind, what is he's only like 26 or something like that. So he, I think he's younger, actually. So he's not even going to be about 30 by the time he gets his next contract. So he could have easily went to a team. I know we heard names like Dallas, Florida, Nashville, all wanting him. Um, he could have easily went there, gotten the same contract and competed for four years. And then got in a massive contract from Detroit um, when when they're ready to contend in four years. So I like the deal for Detroit. I like the extension for Detroit. But I think DeBrinkin fumbled this so hard. And he probably could have put himself into a better situation just to win and just to get better contracts and just more money in total for his career. Yeah, I mean, I love this trade for Detroit and um, the extension for Detroit as well. Debrinkat, a very speedy sniper. Uh, he is a great player. Um, last year in Ottawa, he had a down year, but even his down year was really good. Um, it was obvious that Detroit was going to get them, uh, especially near the end. So it was all shaping up to what would Ottawa get back. And I don't think Ottawa did bad, especially because Debrinkat wanted to go to the Detroit. Uh, 2024 first round pick. Obviously, that is a nice pick. Uh, next draft is going to be pretty decent as well. Kubalik is a pretty decent player. 
Um, I think Detroit is actually going to kind of miss him. He had great chemistry of some his line mates in Detroit. The fourth and Sobrango don't really matter, but you know, all things considered, I know people were saying Dorian got fleeced, but he couldn't really do much. He had his hands tied. Um, but Debrinket now is finding a permanent home after spending one year in uh, Ottawa. I feel like Ottawa does well um, in this in this trade, but obviously I'm taking Detroit as the winner. I mean, again, it's 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 not even Ottawa's fault. It's just that they cannot do anything. Yeah, I really don't think Ottawa did a bad job just because they had no other options. It was either, um, you know, trade kind of lose him for nothing. You know, if they didn't trade him at all, he probably would take in the qualifying offer and just walked next offseason. So uh, Detroit uh, was kind of the only option there for them to make a trade. And, you know, for for Detroit being the only, like, option that Debrinket wanted to go play, and I thought that Ottawa got a, a solid return back. But I just – I don't understand Debrinkit's thinking on this. He, I think he's made the playoffs one time, and that was in the bubble with Chicago. He's been on some really, really bad teams. And I don't think Detroit's going to be terrible next year, but I think that the East is so stacked that I think there's a chance that they don't make the playoffs for a single time during De, with Debrinkit uh, on his current contract. So I, I really, on Debrinkit's part, I, I just think, I don't really understand the thinking of this when you could have easily gone to taking the same contracting out to a contender for four years and then, you know, gotten your payday from Detroit. I understand he wants to go home and, and play there, but uh, in my opinion, I think that his agent mishandled this and he mishandled this uh, pretty badly. I somewhat agree with you, although I would a, I would disagree that they don't make the playoffs for a single time in the Brinkett's contract because – my opinion there's going to be some teams falling out in the east um we'll be discussing that in a couple of weeks actually uh more on that stuff later but let's move on to the coyotes and they've done a lot since the last time we've talked obviously being desert Shit podcast i mean we talked about a lot of arizona so let's shove some arizona in your face matthias michelli three year 3.425 deal aav he had 11 goals, 49 points through 64 games played with Arizona last season. Point per game-wise, he was the leader in rookies. Assist-wise, he was the leader in all rookies. Your thoughts on the Michelli contract? This this is a steal. Uh, under $4 million for a guy who could potentially be putting up 60 points consistently for this entire contract. I mean, he put up – he was one shy away from 50 in his rookie season. and. You know, he, he had some solid line mates. I mean, he played with Kraus a lot. I uh, played with McBain a lot, who I really like his players, but I'm not going to say these are star-studded offensive players. He was kind of playing on that third line there. And when this guy was healthy, he was electric. He made some insane passes. You know, he's not going to be this crazy goal scorer, but he's easily a guy who's going to put up, you know, 15 goals and 50 assists every year. And the guy who's getting that for under $4 million is just crazy. Yeah, I mean, major steal for the Coyotes. This is a great player. And honestly, with their next signing that we're going to talk about real quick, uh, they could potentially be a danger out in the West and most likely are going to make the playoffs with Michelli by the end of his contract. Mullet magic, baby. Um, Again, stuff we'll talk about later, but something we can talk about now is the 
best signing uh, that has happened within the co- past weeks, and that is Logan Cooley cooling off the desert heat, signing his ELC with the Coyotes. Tyler, I mean, <laughs> take it away. I, there's not a lot to say besides how awesome this is. Man, this Cooley is going to be electric. I mean, we saw him in, in college is what he was doing there, and now he's bringing that over to, to Mullet. And I know people don't, you know, they're they're they don't like the five thousand seat arena or whatever, but that place is going to be rocking every night. I'm so excited for it. And this, in my opinion, Cooley signing makes the Coyotes one of the deeper teams in the league. And I know that sounds crazy, but your bottom six is going to consist of like Kraus, maybe Zucker, maybe Kerfoot, uh, McBain, Bukestad, Travis Boyd. Like these are really good players that are going to be in the bottom six. And now you look at the top six. You have Cooley along with Michelli, Gunther, uh, Schmaltz, uh, Keller. I mean, that's a really – and even Barrett Hayden, who was solid last year. That that could be a really, really good lineup. Um, so I, I think that – and Cooley is going to have some competition for uh, for the Calder, and I feel like that's going to push him even more to – that along with the uh, him coming over early instead of going back to Minnesota for another year. He just has so much motivation to have just a crazy rookie year. And if, you know, if Cooley has this insane rookie year and, and uh, wins the Calder is even like top two or three for the Calder, I think there's a great, great chance the Coyotes are in the playoffs next year. So I want to get your reaction to this. About two years ago, the Coyotes had a lineup consisting of Antoine Roussel, Jay Beagle, Dimitri Yaskin, Andrew Ladd, Bill Kessel, Louis Erickson, Ryan the Zingle, Clayton Keller, Lawson Krause, Nick Schmaltz, Kristen Fisher, and Johan Larson. That was their uh, top lineup, their usual lineup that they rolled with. Now they're going to have something along the lines of Clayton Keller, Lawson Krause, Logan Cooley, um, you're going to have Nick Schmaltz still in there, uh, Jason Zucker. You're going to have uh, Nick Bukestad. You're going to have Travis Boyd, Jack McBain, and you'll also have Matias Michelli. You'll have – who else am I missing real quick? Um, you'll have Kerfoot, you'll, and you'll have uh, Dylan Gunther as well. The change from two years ago is insane. The fact that Bill Armstrong has made this roster go from someone like Louis Erickson being on the top line to having Logan Cooley potentially on the top line is insane. And the fact that people are still saying the Coyotes should trade everyone is stupid. Even the D... Let's look at the D real quick because we all know the forward group could be one of the most underrated offenses this year, and it could be electric. Let's look at the D. Uh, they had uh, Shane Gosper, Jacob Chikorin, Connor Timmins, Anton Strawman, Victor Soderstrom, and Ilya Lobushkin. Now they'll have J.J. Moser, Victor Soderstrom, Yusuf Valamaki, Troy Stetcher, Sean Dersey, and Josh Brown. Even there, I feel like the only 
player that they had better on that lineup was Jacob Chickering, who we all knew was going to get shipped off. This could be a very, very dangerous team. Not to mention, two years ago, the Coyotes had Carter Hutton in net. Now they have freaking some of the most underrated goalies ever in this season, and Kirill Vimelka and Connor Ingram. Bill Armstrong master, master class, master fleecing. Wow. Uh, he's done such an incredible job. It's not only with the with the lineup, just the culture he's he's built there, the coaching staff with Andre Turingi. Um, you know, players want to come back now, which we saw with Stetcher and, and Bukestad. Players want to come play in Arizona, and I I think it's gonna be such a fun team next year. They remind me a ton of this year's uh, Diamondbacks, where it's just a young one squad who's kind of overachieving. Not a lot of people expected it, but if you really look into like their lineup and you'd be like, oh yeah, this is a pretty good team. It's not really that unexpected of them to be good. I'm super hyped for this Coyote season. I'm super hyped to cover them. It is going to be so much fun. It's going to be so much fun. Switching from a not fun topic <laughs> on the Coyotes, let's talk some Alex Gochenyuk. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Someone who will not be coming back to the Coyotes is Alex Gauchenyuk. After signing his contract, uh, the Coyotes terminated his contract. And what this ended up revealing is that Gauchenyuk uh, was under a lot of uh, charges when he got arrested on July 9th. And that includes property hit run, disorderly conduct, resisting arrest, failure to obey, and threatening or intimidating. It's also worth noting that he threatened to kill a police officer. His dad was on the scene, and Gauchenyuk was very drunk, and since then he's been admitted into the NHL substance abuse, which reportedly is the second time he's attended the program. Tyler, I mean... A long fall from grace, Galchenyuk was drafted in the first round by the Canadians almost a decade-ish ago, and now he is out of the league at this point. Yeah, I mean, he's got to hope that uh, that he could find himself again, you know, uh, get the help that he needs and uh, potentially make a comeback when he's ready. But I think the most important part for him now is just, you know, get help, make sure that he's he's healthy, um, both his body and, and mentally. And then I guess I'd say spend time with his family. I mean, I think it's been really tough for him. He's been on a lot, a lot of teams um, in the past few years. He's been all over the place. So I think that um, that that's really tough on on the player. So, I mean, just got to hope that that he gets better, uh, that he gets to just settle down a little bit and finally just take some time, you know, to himself after just being on t- a ton of different teams and traveling so much. He hasn't had a permanent home since – Honestly, Montreal, he's been all over the place. Yeah, he has a residence in Arizona where he usually stays in the offseason. But do you know all the teams he's been on, Tyler? <laughs> I, I could probably try try name them, but uh, he's, I know it's been a lot. It's been at least eight, I think. Something like that. Uh, Montreal yeah. to Arizona to Pittsburgh. Uh, to Minnesota, to Arizona again, to Ottawa, to Carolina, where he didn't play a single game, to Toronto, 
he might have actually gone back to Arizona after Toronto. And then he also managed to go on Colorado. Yeah, I can't forget uh, his his day stint in, in Nashville. Early yeah, in yeah, yeah. <laughs> Blockbuster trade, blockbuster trade. Yeah, his day in Nashville. Um, so, yeah, that's, uh, that is where we are on the Alex Galchenyuk front. We are obviously hoping the best for him. But let's move from the sad subject to this subject. The entry-level deals, we obviously mentioned Cooley, but there are three other major players that we need to talk about that have signed entry-level deals, including Leo Carlson with the Ducks, Zach Benson with the Buffalo Sabres, and probably the least important signing of them all, Connor Bedard with the Chicago Blackhawks. No one really cares, though. Um, obviously I am joking, but three signings, any thoughts on that, Tyler? We obviously kind of knew this would happen. Yeah, it's just kind of funny how Bedard had to wait till it's exactly on his 18th birthday to sign his, his ELC, which is something I feel like doesn't happen a lot in the, in the game anymore. It's pretty funny. Yeah. It's like, a, uh, what happened with Wayne Gretzky and, yeah. well, uh, racer situation and all that, uh, and Oilers. All right, let's move on to free agent signings. We have quite a bit to get through. We're going to go speed, basically, a speed round with all of these because a lot of them are somewhat minor. Let me just get to that page real quick. Um, And, yeah, so like we said, a a lot of free agent signings. Let us start with Noah Cates, two years, 2.625, quick thoughts. Uh, I actually really like Cates. I think he's a smart player. Uh, I think that he's going to be a big part of the Flyers' future. And I just think that on a really young and uh, kind of not experienced Flyers team, he's kind of a guy who could be a young leader. He plays like a veteran at a pretty young age. So I think that he's a good guy to have in the lineup. Philip Zadina to the Sharks on a $1.1 million deal, one-year deal. Um, I don't think Zadina is is great, but I mean he can't really hurt the Sharks in any way. It's kind of his kind of last chance to to prove it. I think that he still is upside. He was drafted pretty early. I mean, obviously, Eiserman saw something in him when he took him. Um, and I mean, the Sharks are hoping that they could finally unlock that potential that he never really showed it all in in Detroit. So it's just really, really low risk high reward signing. I love this signing. The signing is either he's going to be awful, and it's just a one-year, $1.1 million deal, um, and who knows, they could maybe flip him. Or it could he could be incredible with the Sharks and regain his upside, and then the Sharks have a steal of a young player on their hands. Cam York, two-year extension, 1.6 mil. Thoughts? Um, I... I hate that I'm going to hate Cam York because I, I love defenseman and watching him every game he would play last year, uh, every game I watched him play. And I mean, he was like, he was like 21 and he just played so responsibly. I know that I'm going to hate him for a long time because he's going to be such a good um, like top pair defenseman on the Flyers D for a while. So I, I think that he's easily a, a top pair guy and I, I know I'm going to hate him in a few years which sucks because he's he's a really good player at a young age. So, I mean, obviously, I'm going to like this deal for the Flyers. Really good signing, really cheap, good signing by the Flyers. Alex Newhook, four-year deal with the Montreal Canadiens, 2.9 mil AAV. Uh, I like Newhook. I don't think the money is bad. I'm, I'm surprised they gave four years. I really thought they were going to go with, like, 
a two or three year um, kind of bridge deal there. So I'm kind of surprised he got that fourth year there, but the money really isn't, isn't bad at all. Yeah. Not a bad contract at all. Um, decent for a young player like New Hook. Brendan Lemieux, <laughs> one year deal with the Carolina Hurricanes, 800,000 AAV. Well, I mean, I guess it's he's going to be just an extra forward there, but Brendan Lemieux is one of those players where he doesn't bring like anything into the lineup. I mean, he could fight, he'll put up penalty minutes, he'll sit in the penalty box for you. But Carolina has guys who can do that. I mean, to me, it's a, such a cheap thing that it's just literally he's just an extra forward there. But I don't think Brendan Lemieux is a great player. So I just think whenever he's in the lineup, it, it hurts you more than when he's out of the lineup. Him and Tony D'Angelo might be best friends. Um, Dennis Giryanov signing with the National Predators, one-year deal, um, AAV. Yeah, I was surprised that um, Montreal didn't qualify him. I thought he fit in pretty well there. But, I mean, Giryanov's a guy who we know has that goal-scoring touch. Um, I mean, we saw Andrew Burnett have his way with with guys like that in, in Florida. He found – with, uh, ways to tap into guys' potential. So I think that it's a pretty good situation there for him. If if Burnett can use him in the right way, he could easily put up, you know, 15 goals there on Nashville's third or fourth line. Yeah, he's going to be a good addition to a young Nashville team. I think yeah, it's going to work well uh, in that system. Keandre Miller, a two-year extension, $3.872 uh, million AAV with the New York Rangers. Yeah, I mean, it's a good extension, just a, a bridge deal there. I'm surprised they got it done for under $4 million. I thought it was gonna, he, he was going to get $4 million. I mean, Miller's a, he's a solid uh, two-way defenseman there. He put up a pretty solid offensive season last year. The defense isn't, isn't terrible. So I think it's a solid deal. Um, I think Miller's, you know, his goal is to put up two really good seasons and then eventually get that big payday uh, when he's ready in, in two years. I'm surprised he didn't get more money. I thought he had a great year last year. Um, Travis Dermott, one-year deal with the Coyotes, 800000 AV. Yeah, I mean, to me, this is just a uh, a cheap deal for a seventh defenseman and a, a, a place for God to rehab a little bit. He's been hurt a lot the last few years. He barely played with Vancouver. I mean, he was a guy that was a pretty solid, you know, um, third-pair defenseman in, in Toronto. So I think that, you know, once he gets his feet under him, once he's fully recovered, I think that he's, you know, a guy who could be able to slip into the lineup, especially if there's injuries. And I think he'll be able to hold his own there on the third line. I think it's a good signing. Um, Oscar Sundquist, one-year deal, 775000 AAV, back to the Blues. Yeah, I think it's just a familiar situation for, for Sundquist, a guy who's moved around a little bit uh, recently. So, I mean, he, he goes back to a place where he won a cup. I don't think Sunquist is a bad player. He is huge. So, I think that uh, uh, the Blues will be happy to have him back. Um, Jasper Boquist, one-year deal with the Bruins, 775000 AV. Yeah. Um, it just seems like the Bruins and Devils are just swapping players at this point. But – uh, I don't think he's terrible. I never really lived up to the hype at all. I mean, uh, I don't think that he's like a terrible, terrible player. Good penalty killer. Doesn't take a lot of penalties at all. But he's not really going to put up points for you. I think he's a, a fine, you know, fourth-line player. But um, a team like like Boston, who, who's who been losing some of their star 
powers we'll talk about in a little bit. I mean, I don't think he's a guy that's going to make a big difference at all. Yeah, I don't. That's a good depth signing. Um, it's also worth noting that New Jersey Devils signed Chris Tierney, the absolute legend, to a one-year deal. It's the Cobra. I love him. Uh, moving on, Tanner Janot, Lightning signed him, welcome down to a two-year deal, $2.665 million AAV. I mean, if, if you're getting Tanner Janot from, uh, from two years ago, it's a good deal if you're getting the Tanner Janot from last year, then I think it's going to be pretty rough. But, you know, Tampa sees something in him. I mean, we always talk about that massive package they gave up for him. I mean, he still hasn't lived up to uh, to the hype that that uh, we thought maybe Tampa saw something big in him when they gave up that much. But, I mean, this deal is, is a little hefty also for a guy that did basically nothing last year. So, I mean, Tampa's just got to hope that he, he picks it up from where he left off two years ago. And last year was just kind of a fluke. Yeah, uh, I I just don't think Janelle works well in Tampa. We'll see what happens, but again, big contract or a big uh, package they gave up to him, so I, at least they keep him around. Um, I'm sure you want to mention Oliver Wallstrom signing a one-year deal at 874.125 AAV. Uh, I love Wally. I hope he stays healthy. He'll put up 30 goals this year, and he'll get his payday next year. So um, I knew he was going to accept this qualifying offer because Lou gets everything that he wants. So um, he was really good last year before he got hurt. I mean, he'll probably be up there on the first line playing with Barzi and Horvat. So, you know, he's a guy with a wicked shot, not a great skater. But, I mean, you know, you get guys like Barzi giving you the puck, finding you open. I mean, I still think he could be a 30-goal scorer. Avalanche sign new forward Ross Colton to a four-year deal with four million AAV. Yeah, I I like this this signing. Um, I I, I was another guy surprised he got uh, four years. I thought a guy like Colton would want to take a bridge deal and you know see if he can get a bigger payday when the cap goes up in, in two or three years. But I mean, right now. Uh, Colorado has their second and third line centers locked up for $8 million total with Johansson and, and Colton. I think Colton's a guy who's going to uh, get get you 20, 25 goals. He'll uh, penalty kill for you. He'll step up in the big moments when you need him. I mean, he'll lay those big hits. He'll do the dirty work. So I think you're kind of getting the whole package there for $4 million. And, I mean, he's still young. Um, he still has time to grow. So I think that this contract – uh, could be really, really good in, in four years, especially with the cap going up. I really like this contract. I think Ross Colton is a great two-way player, and I think he's uh, only going to grow. Uh, head coach extension, Dave Hagstall, two-year contract extension with the Seattle Kraken. Your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've said I'm not a big fan of Hagstall. I don't think he's a great, great head coach. But, I mean, he, he's gotten the Kraken to play well, especially last year. He did a really great job there. And I mean, um, if you're a Kraken fan, you hope he keeps this up. I don't think they're going to be as good next year. I think that um, I, I'm really not a big fan of Hackstall as a coach. But I mean, he seems to have found his own last year in Seattle. And if he keeps it up, then it'll be a good extension. If not, you know, it's only two years. You see coaches get fired all the time with still with like four or five years left on their deal. So I don't think it'll be terrible if he does uh, seem to have a regression there. 
Yeah, I uh, I'm not the biggest Hackstall fan either, but I think last year was good. I don't think it was all him though. Um, yeah, I think it's fine if Seattle keeps up what they're doing, then it's that's worth it, I guess. Thomas Noshek, uh, one year deal with the Devils, one million dollar AAV. I guess said the Bruins and Devils are just swapping players now. Um, I don't think I think Nosek is a really good penalty killer. One of my friends who's a big Bruins fan was was sad about this this loss. He said Nosek was such a good penalty killer last year. Um, I, I think that's something that the Devils were lo- were looking for. I think that you know they didn't have the greatest penalty kill last year, and a guy who I think will start the season is maybe an extra forward, maybe their fourth line center, but. Um, I don't think it's a terrible deal. He's not going to score any ton of points for you. But I think a Devils team that, you know, was really, really good offensively last year is a piece that'll make them better defensively. Uh, moving on, by the way, Trey Matthews, insane about this deal. Um, Gabriel Velarde signs a two-year deal with the Winnipeg Jets, 3.4375 AAV. Well, yeah, this is the best contract in the league right here. They're getting a 40-goal scorer for less than $4 million. So, um, yeah, I'm excited to see see Gaby in, in Winnipeg. They'll carry him to the playoffs. Him and Hellbuck carry him to the playoffs again next year. So, congrats, Jets fans, on having the best contract in the league right there for the next two years until he wants $8 million. All right, moving on. Um Brett Howden, two-year extension with the Vegas Golden Knights, 1.9 million AAV. Yeah, Howden's feeling so well in Vegas. I remember watching him on the Rangers. All my Rangers friends, uh, they all hated him there. They were so happy when he was gone. But he's found a home in Vegas, and he was really good there, especially in the playoffs. So, I mean, good for him. It's really not a bad deal at all for Vegas. I mean, you get a really solid you know, third, fourth-line guy for under $2 million. Uh, so I, I think it's a really solid deal. And I think that Howden fits in so well in Vegas. Um, Vince Dunn signing a four-year deal, 7.35 million AAV with the Seattle Kraken. I, I like Vince Dunn a lot, but I do think this is an overpay a little bit. I don't think it'll be that terrible with cap going up. But um, I, I think Vince Dunn, he had a really, really good year last year. But uh, I, I do think it's a little bit of an overpay, but it's not like terrible because, you know, uh, even if Dunn doesn't put up over 60 points next year, you're still getting a, a really solid defenseman. I think it's a decent deal. I think it's a tad bit of an overpay, but I do think Vince Dunn is a really good defenseman. Uh, Ilya Samsonov, one-year deal, $3.55 million deal with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah, this is not a big, bad deal at all. The only thing that, that worries is, you know, um, will Samsonov be able to, to, you know, carry the load? I mean, now with Matt Murray being out for the whole year, it's kind of – Samsonov is kind of their true number one guy now. And I don't think Samsonov is a terrible goalie. But to me, you know, he's not the guy that you want starting, you know, 65 games for you. And, you know, with Toronto kind of having the question mark at backup, I mean, it probably will be Joseph Wool. But I don't know if Wool is going to be a guy who you want, you know, playing half half the season. You don't want him playing 40 games. So I, I like Samsonov. I don't think the contract is bad at all. Um, I actually think that it's less money than I expected. I thought he was going to get four. But I think that Samsonov, I don't know if he's truly ready to take on that, you know, 
true number one starter spot because when he, he did that in Washington, you know, he really wasn't that great. And they kind of had to resort going back to that split between him and Vanacek. So um, if Samsonov could play like he did last year, I think it would be fine. But the one thing I'm worried about is if he's truly ready to be that true number one to start 60 plus games this year. Yeah, I like it. Um, I think Simsonov is a decent goalie. I think he needs a prove it uh, year from their prove it year. And if he does well this year, I think he's going to get a decent pay uh, following the next season. Philip Kershev, two-year deal, 2.25 mil with the Chicago Blackhawks. And Kershev is, is really underrated. I, I really like this deal. I don't think the money matters at all for Chicago. So um, I think that Kershev is an underrated player. I think that uh, he'll fit in really, really well there in their, their bottom six, and I, I like this deal. I agree. I think he's an underrated player. Jim Neal, GM extension with the Dallas Stars, two-year deal. GM yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's done a good job there. I mean, uh, I don't think he's done anything, you know, crazy, crazy. Some of the contracts he's given out you know, have been uh, a little shaky. But uh, he's done – I think he's done a solid job enough to warrant the extension. I think he's done a decent job, obviously, like drafting Jake Onger, uh, Jason Robertson. Obviously, it's not all his fault that they're under bridge deals. We know the owner isn't too excited about signing them to long-term deals. Um, the Tyler Sagan and Jamie Benn contracts are AFE, but, I mean, Joe Pavelski. Um Going on, Tony D'Angelo, everyone's favorite player. He got bought out by the Flyers. He returns to Carolina Hurricanes. One-year deal, $1.675 million AAV. I mean, look, the, the money's nothing. He'll, he'll be a value deal because he'll get you 50 points while only making $1.6 million. But he's also terrible defensively. He is so bad defensively. But he'll put up points and um, for – if we're just talking value-wise, the contract will be really good for the amount of points he's going to put up on the blue line. I think this makes Carolina's D the best in the NHL. I honestly think that. Like, the fact that you're going to have Tony D'Angelo on your bottom pairing. And look, Tony D'Angelo is not a great defenseman everywhere. He needs a defensive partner that plays defensive-mindedly, and he thrived in Carolina because he had that partner. And now that he's going to have that partner, Again in Carolina, the fact that you have Jacob Slavin, Brent Burns, Brett Pesci, uh, Tony D'Angelo, Brady Shea on your D is <laughs> and Dimitri Orloff, the Mr. Overpayment. Um, yeah, that's a pretty deep defense. That's insane. Uh, E2 List Reinen, three-year deal with the Florida Panthers, $3 million AAV. I think the uh, this their playoff run alone got on this contract. I mean, he was so good in the class for them, and they missed him so badly in the finals when he was hurt. Um, I think that he's also a super underrated guy. Um, I think that he fits in really, really, really well in Florida. So um, I've seen people be like, "Oh, why? Well, how did this random guy get three million? I, I think that um, I think that he's worth it, and I, I really like this contract. I agree. I think uh, he was great for Florida in the playoffs, and that really earned him this contract. Massive one here. Sebastian Ajo, the Seabass. Carolina resigns him. Eight-year contract, $9.75 million AAV. 
Yeah, it's it's huge. Um, just a little bit under ten million. I think right now, you know, the contract is a little bit rough. Um, a slight overpayment right now, but that's just right now. You know, the cap's going to go up. Aho's only been getting better every single year, so I think that um, by the time Aho's like really, really in his prime, you know, I think that he could easily be a forty goal, a hundred point guy. With the cap going up, I think this contract is going to be just fine. I love this extension for so many reasons. I think Sebastian Ajo is one of the most underrated players in the NHL. I think he's super good. I think he's going to play so great for the rest of his career. The other thing is you got to think of it as a Carolina Hurricanes fan as well, because outside of Svechnikov, who, what Carolina Hurricanes star player has stuck around the franchise for a whole career and has had long-term deal after long-term deal? Yeah, maybe you could say Jordan Stahl, but maybe. But do you, would you ever consider Jordan Stahl on the caliber of what Sebastian Ajo is right now throughout no. Stahl's whole career? No. Exactly. They couldn't even keep Eric Stahl around or Justin Falk or Cam Ward, who left for Chicago. If you want to consider him a star player, I mean, I can go through a bunch of Carolina Hurricanes players and Ron Francis even with the Hartford Whalers got traded away to Pittsburgh. I think Rod Brindamore maybe is the only one, but he got traded uh, throughout his career too. So I think thinking about it like that as a Hurricanes fan, you got to love it because you're keeping your star player around, your future captain most likely. Uh, once Stahl is out of the league, Svechnikov obviously locked down. That's terrific. Kotkaniemi, I mean, it's Jasper Kotkaniemi. Um, so not – I don't even know what to say about that, but I think it's cool for Carolina fans to finally get that. Um, Vladimir Tarasenko is our last uh, player that got a contract. He signed a one-year deal, $5 million, with the Ottawa Senators rejecting offers from Florida, Carolina, and San Jose on the way because he really wanted to sign up these Senators. Broke hold of Klingberg. I mean, that's all All we got to say. He fumbled the bag. You know, he, his agents, whatever, declined his offers. He fired him, and then he lost all of his leverage, and he was stuck with his one-year deal in Ottawa. And I, I'm – I don't think it's the worst thing ever because we're seeing a lot of guys do this. I mean, uh, Domi, Bertuzzi, they want these one-year deals where they could produce a lot and they know the cap's going to go up a decent amount next offseason and they can get a big payday next offseason. And, you know, the Senator situation, if you find yourself out of a playoff spot, you can always flip them. So, I mean, I think it's a win-win. Um, you know, Tarasenko gets to put up numbers. He gets to get paid next offseason. Senators get Tarasenko. Maybe they make the playoffs with him. If not, you trade him. And so I think Tarasenko fumbled the back. He could have gotten more. But at the end of the day, he'll still probably get his payday next offseason. So it doesn't really matter. I think Tarasenko fumbled this so hard. It's a great deal for Ottawa because they get another great addition to their top six. Um, and even if they miss the playoffs, they can trade Tarasenko easily. But you could have gotten to Carolina. And you could have been a part of – what could be a really, really good team next year. Even Florida could have gone to Florida, and they're going to be a decent team next year, I bet. But you go to Ottawa, who hasn't made the playoffs since 2017. Like, okay, I know you, we all know Tarasenko wants to win in our cup, obviously. 
and he didn't sign a long-term deal, so he thinks he's going to do something in Ottawa other than get bagged next year. But, yeah, this is confusing for Tara Stanko itself. Love it for Senator Chance. Let's move on to our next category, which is retirements. We have three players who have retired. We're going to get through the first two pretty quickly. Thomas Grice retires as a member of the St. Louis Blues. He played for a bunch of other teams, most notably, Tyler, our teams, the San Jose Sharks and the New York Islanders. This is a this is a legend right here. Any thoughts real quick? One of the more underrated goalies of the, uh, the 2020s. I mean, people don't realize how much this guy stepped up uh, in 2016. I mean, Halak got hurt. This guy started pretty much every game down the stretch, was so good in that playoff series against Florida. It was one of the main reasons for the Islanders to finally get past the first round for the first time in, in 23 years. I mean, he was so good for us. Won the Jennings Trophy in 2018-19. Uh, uh, I mean, it's, uh, I think a lot of Islanders fans would agree. One of the best Islanders goalies in franchise history. I mean, he was really, really good here. Really underrated here. Um, so uh, I think that he was solid everywhere he went, except for last year in St. Louis. But you know, always a solid, reliable guy. Always a guy who could be a 1B and just win you games. So, uh, really good career for Grice. Super underrated goalie. Better than Binghamton. Um, he played 368 games uh, also with the Coyotes, the Pittsburgh Penguins, and the Detroit Red Wings. We mentioned the Blues, Sharks, and uh, Islanders. Uh, he went 162, 130, and 37 with a 911 save percentage. Um, 94th overall by San Jose in 2004. Congrats, Grice. Uh, probably the best German goalie right now, uh, ever, um, which is great for that country. And yeah, very, very great for them. Moving on, there was another player that retired, and that is legend, the absolute legend, playing his so many games with one team. No, I'm just kidding, but all the respect to Nate Thompson. He retires. Um, He had a long career, Uh, most notably, I would say, with the Philadelphia Flyers, Uh, but he also played with the Boston Bruins, the New York Islanders, the Tampa Bay Lightning, the Anaheim Ducks, the Ottawa Senators, the Montreal Canadiens, the uh, Los Angeles Kings, and the Winnipeg Jets. It's a lot of teams. Uh, scoring 60, 65 goals and 164 points in all of those games. 183rd drafted overall back in 2003 by Boston. And then he's only one of 14 players to come from Alaska. So any thoughts on Nate Thompson? I mean, you, you got to find a way to uh, to keep yourself in the league, and he found a way to do it by not being the most skilled guy. I mean, credit for him for uh, for staying healthy and being in the league so long. It's not easy to be a grinder like that, to constantly go to the dirty areas, constantly be taking hits, hitting people, you know, fighting. So, I mean, uh, good for him for, for making a long career out of, out of being, you know, a fourth-line grinder. And, you know, he 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 put put in some some pucks throughout his career. Not a lot of them, but you know he scored a, a decent amount of goals. A little bit there. Yeah, um, you know he uh, he's a great uh, grinder. Um, and yeah, not a lot of playoff games. Unfortunately, uh, his most was with Anaheim in 2017. He also had 16 in the bubble with the Philadelphia Flyers. Other than that. 
Tampa Bay Lightning in 2011, actually. Uh, 2010, 2011. So, you know, a pretty, pretty decent career. Good job on keeping it that long, too. Um, and the big one, the the big one that everyone's been talking about, Patrice Bergeron. Retires. It's been a while since we've heard these rumors, and it's finally happened that the age of 38 – playing all 1,294 games in the NHL with one team, the Boston Bruins from 2003 to 2023, 427 goals, 1,040 points, six Selkie trophies, and Stanley Cup in 2011. Boston Bruins, legend. What do you think? I mean, uh, what a what a great career. I mean... Um, it's such a going to be such a hard loss for the Bruins, especially because um, he did so much more um, than just you know score goals and be a great defensive forward. He was such a good captain, such a good locker room guy. Did so much for the city of Boston. You know, it's tough to lose a guy like that uh, in your locker room. Um, so Bergeron has such a great career. It's going to be super, super missed. Um, and uh, I feel like this is kind of the end of like a, an era there. I mean, really, Marshawn is the only one left. Char is gone. I think uh, Krejcik is uh, – is, I feel like this kind of solidifies the fact that, you know, Krejcik might be done also. I feel like Bergeron and Krejcik were kind of like that package last year when they both came back. Um, so, you know, I just – I think this is kind of an era of Boston, you know, moving on from, from that – now, really, the only one left is is Marshawn, and I guess Lucic, maybe, if you can consider that. Legend. Um, let me ask you a couple questions in a second, but I do want to acknowledge I'm happy I got to see him play in Boston uh, this past season. So I got to see him play in his home rink, and, you know, that I've gotten to see him play all over the course of his career. So, you know, he was a fantastic player, and it's going to be interesting what he does in retirement if he returns to the Bruins my guess is that he lives in Boston now because I mean, obviously he liked, he loved it there. Um, Here's a series of questions for you. One, do you think David Krejci retires? Yeah. Like I guess said earlier, I think last year was kind of like their, you know, Krejci coming back from overseas, you know, Bergeron saying, you know, it's one more year and coming back. Uh, I think that last year was kind of their shot to go for it all. And I think that, um, that now that Bergeron's retired, I I really don't see see Krejci coming back. Yeah, I think a, that he's gonna hang him up. That was a really bad loss that they suffered. Um, two, um, do you think his number gets raised to the rafters almost immediately? Yeah, um, I think it's gonna be when he wants it. Uh, I think there's a chance he wants to take the year off to be with his family. But I think they're going to be like, we're retiring your number. Um, it's just let us know when when you want to do it. If uh, Bergeron says, you know, you can retire this season, then I think 100% they're doing it. But I get if Bergeron wants to completely step away from from the ice, maybe go home uh, to his home country, uh, even stay, you know, take time with his family. Um, I think that uh, Bergeron, there's a chance he just takes the time off. But when, when Bergeron gives the, the okay, his number will be in the rafters. Do you think it will get risen alongside Zidane and Chara's number? Uh, actually, when I think about it, maybe. Because um, I, I, I feel like they, they might be waiting 
to you know try and do all of them together like um Krejci, i feel like there's a good chance Krejci's number goes up there um bergeron chara rask um i don't know if they would draft for marshawn but i think there's a good chance that that they want to put all of them up there together kind of like the core four or five from 2011 that had such a uh you know huge impact on the bruins almost forgot about tuka rask maybe yeah his number up there too um, do you think Bergeron makes it into the Hall of Fame? This is pretty simple. Yeah. 100%. I think there's pretty, no pretty more conversation that needs to be happening there. Six Selkies in the Stanley Cup. Come on now. Yeah. Um, do you think the Selkie trophy should be renamed the Bergeron trophy? No, I don't think. Um, you know, obviously he has the, the most, but um, I'm gonna, gonna be honest, some of those I don't know if he would hundred percent deserved all of those those selkies. I think that he was such a great defensive two-way forward for a long time but i think there was a ton of bias for him there being on the east coast being on the bruins i think there were um i think he deserved you know three or four of those but you know there are definitely a few years in there where i, I think that he got a lot of votes just based on his name you know i'm not taking anything away from him he was so such a great two-way forward but um uh, I, I feel like you can't just name an award like that just take it away um especially after a guy like frank j selkie who you know was such a good player himself. I just I don't think you could just change it just like that. Last question. Who do you think is going to get the C in Boston? And who do you think deserves the C in Boston? Honestly, I think the my answer for this is the same person. I think that Charlie McAvoy gets it. I think that McAvoy deserves it. Um, obviously, Pasta is probably their best player now. Um but I don't think that I'd necessarily see Pasta as like a leader himself. Um, you know, you could make the case for Marshawn, but I think that I don't think Marshawn is the guy that you want as captain because just, you know, he doesn't have the best reputation, but you know, I, I think that McAvoy is such a good leader. I think that um, you saw it in the, the retirement video. McAvoy said that he wants to, you know, pass on the the legacy that, that Bergeron left there. So I think that McAvoy, both deserves it, and I think that he'll be the next captain. Uh, well, I think I agree with you. I think McAvoy should be captain. I really like McAvoy. He's a really great guy, really great leader. But that usually – we usually disagree, us in the NHL or the whatever team. So I won't be surprised if this guy gets the seat, David Pasternak, you know. I would not be surprised because he is a elite goal scorer. He is signed to a long-term deal. He is a big part of the team. I would not be surprised Marshawn gets it for the last couple of his years as in the NHL, kind of like how Bergeron got it for the last couple of years in his NHL career after Chara left. Not be surprised, but I do think McAvoy should get the C. I think it would be awesome. And I don't think anyone would disagree with that. Um, moving on to our final massive topic, the available free agents. So there are a couple big names still out there. Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taze, Matt Dumba, Thomas Tatar, uh, Jesse Pugliarvi, and P.S. Sutter are probably your top five, I would say, right now. Throw Ethan Bear in there, Maxime Comtois. And uh, Nick Ritchie is also a free agent, by the way. Um, I would say those are your top ones. Obviously, your main three are going to be Kane, Taze, and Dumba. 
we kind of know what Kane's doing. He's going to wait and probably sign with a New York-based team, either the Rangers or the Sabres. Taze, I think we both agree that he might retire. But where is Matt Dumba going? Where is he in the world of the NHL? He, we have not heard anything from him. Um, I feel like the one team we've heard of is Arizona. I do think there's a good chance he, he goes there. I think that he's going to take a one-year deal no matter where he goes because um, I think similar to, you know, Tarasenko, uh, Bertuzzi, Domi, I think that these guys can all get paid much bigger next offseason. The thing I'm most surprised about is Dumba is coming off one of the best seasons of his career. He did have a really good year. So I'm honestly surprised that he's not signed right now. But in all honesty, I I do think he ends up in Arizona just because I think this um, it kind of makes sense for him. You know, he takes he can take a one year deal to play there. Um, They can always flip him the Coyotes if they need to. Um, uh, I think that the Coyotes don't have a true number one D-man right now. They have some really, really good uh, guys who could potentially become number one D-man. But I think that Dumba could just step in for that one year and be that number one guy. So uh, I think that he ends up in Arizona. And I, I think even if he doesn't, I still think it's a one-year deal no matter where he goes. I think that's a great guess. I could definitely see him going to Arizona. Um, other places. Well, I can't see him going back to Minnesota. <laughs> I can tell you that. Um, yeah, I think he needs a prove-it deal after last year. It wasn't a bad year, but it wasn't Matt Dumba standards. And I don't know. I, I just don't see him going to a contender unless he takes, like, a minimum deal. But we all know he's going to make decent money. Maybe a, on the lines of a Zucker contract, I kind of see them as the same, like, tier of player. So I think Arizona is your best get, guess. I would not be surprised if – Maybe Buffalo takes a run of him, even though it wouldn't make sense, but it seems like a place he could want to go. Other than that, unless he, again, league minimum, I could see him going to a lot of places. Like I could see Tampa inquiring about him if he takes a league minimum deal. I could see Colorado take a page on him. Um, again, but he's most likely going to make over league minimum. So I think um, – Arizona is the place for him to go. And I think uh, Bill Armstrong is going to swing for the fences here. But there's one more thing we have to talk about before we end this podcast, and that is Lake Tahoe getting an NHL team. Love to see Northern California slash Northern Nevada getting some love. Beautiful place. I've been there so many times. Love it. Grew up going there. So any thoughts? Tim Tebow, the owner, Tyler. Uh, I don't really know much about Lake Tahoe, but uh, it looks cool. And awesome. I like Tim Tebow as a, a mess legend. So, you know, I got to hope for his success. I mean, also, uh, you know, Lake Tahoe hosted some outdoor games in 2020. And those were actually some of the best outdoor games, I feel like. Very underrated. I got to say, it was so beautiful. You cannot disagree with that, Tyler. Plus, we got, uh, we got introduced to an NHL legend that weekend. Do you remember the firefighter named Gucci? Yeah. Yeah. That was a a great meme for a second there. But, yeah, I'd love to see it. Love to see ECHL expanding west, the most western they've gone since San Francisco. And that was a while ago. That was back in 2014. The Bulls were around. But one bit of exciting news, Tyler, I mean, you might know a little bit about this, but 
season previews are coming up. We're going to do our uh, division by division uh, rankings and where we think each team's going to finish by the end of next season. And better yet, we're going to have some special guests for these episodes, including your favorite Locked on Devils podcast host, Trey Matthews. He's going to join us for the Metro Division preview. Um, hopefully he doesn't overrate the New Jersey Devils, but we all know it's going to happen. Um, we're also going to have a couple other guests that we're still trying to arrange right now, but we're going to have some great guests on. So stay tuned for that. And in addition to that, those are going to be recorded and put on YouTube. So very special episodes that we're going to put out in the coming weeks. We're going to start preparing for that the second we get off this podcast, but you know, very fun stuff. Trey Matthews, come on now. Um, but Tyler, anything else before we end this week's podcast? Uh, the offseason is going by kind of kind of fast. I mean, it's, it's almost August, and that leaves us uh, a little over a month until preseason starts. I yeah, mean, we're going uh, to Australia. <laughs> yeah, we'll be we'll be in Australia. We'll be riding kangaroos out there. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, freaking boat. <laughs> Yeah, I mean we're it's it's going by pretty fast. We're we're almost uh, almost at the start of the the preseason. Just a little little over a month to go. And a little under a month before Tyler Cass comes back, and we don't have to record this stupid thing over Zoom anymore. But that will end it for this week's podcast of the Desert Shift. Uh, you can find Tyler Cass Tyler Cass underscore on Twitter. You can find myself on Twitter Chase Beardsley underscore. Go check those Twitters out. He won't, he will not be disappointed, but in other ways, thank you so much for clicking on this podcast. Thank you so much for listening daily. And we can't wait to bring on some special guests in the coming weeks to talk about the NHL. It's coming right up guys. So get excited. We'll see y'all in those upcoming episodes. Just barely throwing up prayers like Hail Marys. If you're still there, Lord spare me. Oh my God. Oh my God.